Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Do you know what my most hated saying is? Uh, this is how we're starting this. What's my most hated saying? You probably won't know. I'll tell you. Can I, no, no, no. Let me try and guess. Is it... It's fitting um, for a dead bodies podcast. It's not... This is... It is what it is. No. My, I hate that. That is so annoying. That's saying nothing. Take it to the next level? No. Nah. No. Nah. Uh, no. Nah, don't know. I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh. And I do, Dee Dee Dunleavy. With me? Yep. Oh, no. I do. Oh, no. What have I done? That usually means you... That's, so... You're going to fight me. Last week, you yeah. came out with the, I knew a guy who was a lovely guy and he was a bit of a loner. Oh, forgot to tell you guys, he raped a woman and yes. then cut off her legs. Yeah. It's a reoccurring theme with you, that what? you just have these stories that you don't tell us. Yes. Right. Yes. So I happen to be going back through our podcast. Our producer's laughing because she knows because I texted her about this <laughs> during the week. I don't like this. I feel very ganged up You upon. should. Hashtag get HR too. in I'm here. I'm being victimised yep, here. get them in. Yeah. And I heard this little gem of audio. And then I started thinking when I was back in LA, did I bring the spirit with me? Is it still with me? Is it going to like end up in my house at, back in you know, Melbourne? Happen. I had a friend I come know. to my house who brought their dead person with them. See, this is spirit. what I mean. Yeah. I was caught up. In the frenzy of that story, because I was desperately trying to make you believe me, because you kept asking me if I was sure I was awake, and I wasn't even listening to you. I had a friend who brought their dead spirit to my house. Yes. And you never expanded on that. No. Why? What is this? Okay. What do you mean? I'll tell it, but I'll tell it carefully because... You are no longer allowed to wear any tops with sleeves to these podcasts, because you keep all your stories up your sleeve and you don't tell us... Anything. All right. Okay. It's quite com- – okay. All right. It's, uh, let me start with the person. I do apologise and she's a lovely lady. She's a friend. Um, her husband and my husband are best friends. Okay. We're throwing her under the bus. Right. Her son, when he was very young, they were going into Bunnings. If you're not from Melbourne, uh, if you don't have Bunnings hardware store, it's a hardware store. store. There's always a sausage sizzle out the front. It's, sometimes for you charity. just go, you don't even need anything from Bunnings, but you go just to have a sausage. Right. And her son, he didn't talk a lot. A very okay. quiet kid. Weird. Um, that's not weird. It was just, <laughs> well, just a quiet kid. I'm just trying to see where it's going. It feels and she weird. said to him, do you want a sausage? And this is the longest lead into the thing right. in my house. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, she said to him, do you want a sausage? And he said, you know I don't like sausages. Oh. And she kind of did a double take and like, what? Since when? And he then made references to, I have to be careful, I can't use people's names, but he used a gentleman's name. He used the term Silver Fox. He said that the man with the white hair had been talking to him. She's thinking, what is going on here? now? The Why sil- don't you tell us these things so ever? So the Silver Fox, she ended up taking him to a psychic. The Silver Fox was his grandfather who had the name that the child had used. I'm trying to protect identities here. Yes. And it was a well-known fact that he did not like eating sausage. So the child has been talking to 
and I think he was only three or four at the time. He had been talking to the grandfather I who was dead. I see dead people. Yes. I see dead people. Now, this particular family had had quite a bit of tragedy. There were a number of members of the family oh. who had died in unfortunate circumstances. Right. Um, one of them had hung himself. Oh. I won't describe how he did it. No. Um, anyway. Cut to where they came en masse, family. To your house. To our house for a barbecue. And oh, there were sausages visitors. again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there was, they brought with them some family members from overseas. And um, it was the brother of one of the family members who'd come from overseas who had hanged himself. Oh, okay, right. And so my house is as old as time itself. Yes. And it's like a rabbit warren and yeah. it's old and it's an old Victorian And there's Victorian dead people ashes in the backyard. It's actually exactly how you imagine it yes. to be. And um, we show people through it and they all go, oh, well, look at that, you know, the old carpets. And everything's old and everything's left untouched and stuff. And I said to them later in the day, if you want to go and have a wander around and have a look around, because I think people like to have a look when I'm not there going, pointing stuff out, they want to have their own sticky back. So I said, yeah. if you want to go and have a look around, go ahead. So... They went for a look around and came back downstairs. And then was later in the day, I'd popped upstairs to use the bathroom up there, yep. looked into the spare room and there was a pink teddy bear. Is this a much longer answer than you're expecting? Well, I'm staggered <laughs> that you're recalling this information. Okay. There was a pink teddy bear, quite a big one, like, you know, maybe two foot high that my daughter had had when she was tiny. And it had been sitting up on top of a bunch of cushions. And it blinked. In the spare room. No, no. it didn't. Okay. And when I went to the bathroom, I looked into the room and I knew that I'd tidied before people came for a barbecue. Sure. And there was the teddy bear flopped forward. Okay. And when I came downstairs, I thought, well, maybe they just had a little cuddle of the teddy bear or something. Maybe they got weird. Thinking, Do I say something or not? In the end, I said to the girl, did you move the teddy bear upstairs? And she said, oh, is it the one with the floppy neck? Are you? Is anything going yep. in your head? Yep. Uh, and I said, yes, it is. And the head's flopped forward. And she said, oh, that's, and I won't say his name, that's, the one who'd hanged himself, she talks about it like it's normal. So apparently oh. all her family all see ghosts and chat oh, to right. people. So her son, you know, was chatting to the dead grandfather. She said that the she believed that the dead brother who hanged himself was with them and attached to them as they were moving around. So that's what I meant by that. Why did he touch the teddy bear? Well, the teddy bear fell down on its own. So she thinks she didn't touch the teddy bear. The teddy bear flopped forward, which was the same way that he'd hanged himself. I don't want to give details because we don't need to be telling people how to do these things. But the teddy bear had moved in the same way and position that he had been found when he was dead. I hate this. Mm. So he was in How do you house. know he left? She said he tr he goes with them. She was aware that he was around them. And I don't know that he left, but I don't sense him in the house anymore. Oh, yeah. That's creepy, that, hey? isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I have a, a side. Thank you for telling that's that. That's all right. Anything else you want to think about when you go home tonight? Any other audio I'm going to have to go through to check if you've withheld <laughs> any more information? I can't think of anything else right now. My, my nanny used to talk to ghosts beside the bed. It was just normal for her. All she actually had do. a chair beside her bed, an empty chair, yeah. for them to come and sit and have a chat to her. 
Mm. Funny old family, hey? I go to a psychic. Do you? Yeah. Only like once every two, three years. I love them. I'm into her. Mm. Everything she says always happens. And she knows stuff that there's no way she could know that. Yeah. How do they know? I don't know. One told me I'd have a baby, my first baby, when I was 33. And she was right. I suppose she could just take a step in the dark. But I was only like 23 at the time. Oh, that's pretty good. Hmm. One said that, okay, so once, again, I have to be careful because I don't want to identify people. I've got a really squeaky chair, by the way. So that's just my chair, that noise that you're hearing. Um, uh, One time. The chair's not doing it on its own. It's your bottom window going on it. It's doing it. You know that show, Thank God You're Here? Yeah. Okay, so literally I walked into the see my psychic and I'd seen her a few times before and it was literally like oh thank god you're here there's this spirit that's been hanging around waiting for you all day really yeah and I was like oh Uh, and I had a fair idea who it was and then she described that person to me and I instantly knew who it was it's like she she just described physical features and I instantly knew who it was um, and I'm trying not to say who it was. Um, and then, yeah, said that that person had been hanging around waiting for me all day because knew that I was going to be there and then passed on all these messages that would ha- n- not make sense to her at all but made total sense to me and then said, she goes, who's got the stupid dog? I've got the stupid dog. <laughs> and I go, oh, that's me. She goes, the small stupid dog? And I was like, yeah, I've got the small stupid dog. And then she said, oh, yeah, they just want to let you know that that dog sees them all the time. Oh. Yeah. And so she said to me, whenever the dog just stands up and starts to, you know, if the dog's sleeping and then all of a sudden is on alert and looking left and right, the dog's seeing them. And my dog had been doing that. And now every time my dog does that, I I put him in the crate. Because I don't want him to do it because yeah. it scares me. I'm so into it. Do you ever watch, there's a Hollywood uh, Hollywood medium, Tyler Henry. I think it's Tyler Yes, Tyler he does all celebrities. I watch it all the time. Love it. Isn't sick. he the best? Isn't yeah. he the sweetest human? I know. He's so lovely. Mm. He's making really good money doing just talking to dead people. I'm going to give you some dead people right here because you like dead bodies. You ready yep. for a story? Hit me. Uh, before I launch, I just want to read you one comment that came in on our Facebook page. Oh. It's from, uh, from Chris. He says, more accents, maybe an entire episode in a particular accent. What do you mm. think of that? What's Chris's surname so I can look him up and send him a message oh, and tell him to stop to sending us that. messages I just, like that? You know what? This is just to keep you on your toes because this story I'm about to tell you has uh, a man who was born in India. So you're just going to sit there and sweat the whole time thinking that I'm going to break out in an inappropriate accent, aren't you? DD sent us a message this morning, 9.14am. Yeah. Uh, Don't read it. Myself and to Kirsten. And it says, it's from DD, 9.14am, just checking, we are making the very good podcastings tonight. <laughs> French flag, German flag emojis. Oh, come on, you love it. All right. I, I laughed. I laughed. Are you going to panic the whole time that I'm going to break out into an inappropriate Indian accent? I won't. The um, Indian one just sounds really offensive, but okay, go. No, I wouldn't in this. Hit me again. Uh, let's go back to April 22, 2003. A man was canoeing off Bournemouth Pier in the UK. He found a man's body floating in the sea. Mm. Three months later, uh, a woman's body was found by fishermen about 20 k's away off the Isle of Wight. And another three months later, September the 7th, a third body was washed up on the Isle of Wight. And that was an older woman. All three of them were related. 
the first two bodies were a man and his wife, and the third one was her mother. This is the story of the Chohan murders. Chohan? Chohan. C-H-O-H-A-N. Am I saying it correctly? I don't know. Amajit Chohan was born in India. You're right? Yep. You're tense. I'm thinking, yeah. He'd moved to the UK and he lived in Hounslow with his 25-year-old wife, Nancy. And they had two young sons, Devinda and Ravinda. And also living with them was Mr. Chohan's mother, Charanjit Kawa. And the family all disappeared from their home in February 2003. So I'll just fill you in a little bit about them. Amajit ran a successful business. It was called Seba Freight, so a shipping company. It was so successful, in fact, that someone wanted to take it over. A guy by the name of Kenneth Regan, who's a 54-year-old from Wiltshire, he was a convicted drug dealer and a police informant. Nice kind of guy. So what you were going to say, he was a prominent businessman who had several companies. From what I can tell, he was a bit of a flashy, you know, always wanted to be a bit better than he actually was. Bit of fast cars, Mm. bit of dress snappy, all of that. I saw one of those guys at court today. He was wearing like big gold glasses and for some reason a really weird hat, but he was really thought he was Mr. Cool. I hate hats. I want to take I a photo of him, them. but you can't take photos inside court anywhere, no. but I really wanted to take a photo of him. I just hate hats. He was looking around, inside. trying to see if anyone was looking at him. Oh, yeah, mate. I think he was on ice as well, but that's oh, besides the point. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, uh, so six years before this particular case, this guy, Kenneth Regan, who thinks he's terrific, had met a woman named Belinda Bruin at a bar in London. Side note, mm. she actually had worked in PR and she was the former best friend of Paula Yates. Who was the late wife of Bob Geldof. Yep. Uh, So he loved Belinda. He showered her with gifts, a Cartier watch. He offered to take her to Monte Carlo. Mm. High life. Sounds a bit of a wanker to me, but there you are. Um, He had been arrested in possession of 30K of heroin and he was supposed to be jailed for eight years, but he ended up only serving four years. He was released after four years. I think he had turned what they call in the UK Queen's Evidence, which is informant. Yeah. Okay. So Snitch. I'm assuming that's why he got a big uh, drop in his sentence and he was also supposed to be serving a concurrent eight-year sentence for his part in this big passport racket. Anyway, released from jail after four years and when he got out, he was trying to think of ways to make big money. Mm. He got in touch with Belinda Bruin again. She'd moved from London to a farm in Devon. How lovely, a farm. Devon. Uh, yes. Oh, now, no. he first came across Amajit Chohan when he tried to do a million-pound deal to buy some land near Heathrow. Amajit had the option to buy this particular piece of land. Uh, the deal fell through, though, so then this uh, Regan bloke set his sights on Amajit's uh, haulage company, Seba Freight, which was based near the airport. Okay. He wanted to control Seba Freight to use it as a front for importing drugs. His plan, clever, was to make it look like Amajit had given up his business and gone to live overseas. Oh. Um, yes. I don't, this, you know, I don't know if this is victim blaming, but I just want to say Amajit sounds like a, a good guy, but he, was, he had been in a bit of trouble himself. He'd been jailed for three years for tax evasion and he got Did involved. Did they meet in jail? No, no. He'd got involved in exporting pallet loads of chat, it's called, to the United States. It must be some sort of a soft drug that's chewed by North Africans. Can I Google it? Chat? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. And for the viewers at home, we're just watching Chanel 
Googling um, chat. Chat. I'll do chat drug. Right? Yeah, that's Oh, yeah, right. it's a plant. Is it? Yes. Huh. Chat or um, quat is a flowering plant native to the Horn of Africa mm. and the Arabian Peninsula. Mm. Chat contains the alkaloid, something word I cannot say, stimulant, which is said to cause excitement, loss of appetite and euphoria. So you have a great time and you get skinny. I like the sound of that. Mm. <laughs> I added that last sentence. That wasn't on the right. internet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not endorsing the use of drugs, but that's what it sounds no, like. No, we're not, yeah. but it does sound fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So Amajit was uh, pretty desperate at this stage to sell the freight firm because importing chat was a very high-pressure job and apparently mm. all these hordes of Africans would turn up at the warehouse wanting samples and things. We so, should get a, a sound effect for every time I'm Googling. <laughs> just like Laptop. just something that alerts the <laughs> listeners that I've started Googling. February the 13th, 2003, Regan... Posed as a well, he pretended that he was interested in buying Amajit's company, and he set up a meeting with him in Stonehenge. And when Amajit got there, mm. Regan kidnapped him oh. and held him for several days. He gagged him and tried to get him to sign over his company. Oh, wouldn't. Kenneth Regan had two guys working with him, William Hauntsey and Peter Rees. The three of them took Amajit back to the home of one of them, to uh, Regan's father's home. Two days later, one of them, Peter Rees, stayed there to guard Amajit. The other two went to Amajit's house. They talked their way in and they killed Nancy, oh. Amajit's wife, killed the two young sons, Ravinda oh. and Davinda, and killed her mother as well, Charanjit. They then went back to Mr. Chohan. They drugged and tortured him for days. They made him to write letters explaining where he'd gone. And they made him sign all these blank pieces of paper which they were going to use to send off to people after he was dead. And then later that night, they killed him. They And here's where, I mean, idiots, they hired a van. <laughs> There's always that one dumb yeah, thing they do, isn't it? Let's leave a van and take these bodies back to the farm. How do you know that's what they sound like? It's guessing. They they loaded the bodies into the van. They drove down to Belinda Bruins Farm. See, there's the nice oh. farm. Not so nice now. It was in Tiverton near Devon. And they dug a ditch and they buried the bodies. So anywhere they could have buried them, yep. they go to his girlfriend's farm. Yep. Okay. There's so many points in right. this. I don't know what you have other than a red flag. It's I, not really red flag. Yeah. It's more of a something, you know, you Egypt. It's like that, what's that noise, that ooh, that like. <laughs> ooh, go, ooh, yeah, yeah, it's like that noise, like <laughs> so many of them should have been going yeah. off. <gasps> the next day, Kenneth Regan turns up at Seba Freight's office with a power of attorney, which has apparently been signed by Emma G. And he had signed it, but under duress, obviously, while they were right, torturing so him. tears and blood all over it. Yes, and he still, oh. That was more detail than it was in the well, actual... Well, how do you make someone sign something under duress? Like, it would not look normal. You're right. You're right. And the, But the staff at Seba Freight, they knew that Amajit was what, what they call over there a chancer. They knew that he was someone who was, you know, looking Trying for it. to make a bit of money wherever he could. So they right. actually accepted Regan's story that, that, that Amajit had just right. fled. It wasn't... Mm. A wild or far-fetched story no, to them because they'd probably seen him around. Yeah. He'd been coming into the office maybe. I don't know, making that up, but they kind of knew him. Yeah, like I'm probably making a bit of this up oh. and no one's even noticed, so you go right on ahead. No, it's oh. all factual so far. Jesus. Now, the plan might have worked. 
had it not been for Amarjeet's brother-in-law, so this is his wife Nancy's brother, Onkar Verma in New Zealand. Now, he refused to accept that That story, they'd always disappeared. Yeah, yeah, that they would have just gone. He travelled to London. He put some pressure on the local cops to find out what had happened to his sister and the case was referred to Scotland Yard's serious crime group. And a detective went and interviewed Kenneth Regan for the first time. So Regan was – Regan – I don't know why I just call him Regan. Regan. <laughs> Regan – well, he's quite spooked by the okay. police asking questions and he thought it was probably only a matter of time until they found out about right. the farm in Devon. Dirt, you reckon, mate? With the freshly dug ditch <laughs> on probably what is oh. just acres of green lush land and then there's – Freshly dug ditch. <laughs> and some rocks. Yeah. Oh, and soft, you know, oh, sinking Maybe we'll soil. look here first. Yes. Uh, so, Genius went there with his two mates and they dug up the bodies. No, they didn't. Yes, How they long did. after is this? Uh, let me see. It was only like a week or so later. Oh, still though. It's treating bodies with such contempt. Yeah. And um, one of them, uh, Hornsey, he later said how he'd looked down into the burial pit and saw Amajit's body trussed up in a sheet like a Christmas cracker, he said. Hmm. So they slung it into the back of the van. They then hear, aruga, aruga, here's another stupid thing to do, yeah. you idiots. They bought a boat. And so nobody would go, hey, why are you buying a boat now? Who are you? Where have you come from? You're not from around here. That's not the voice they did. They took the bodies out to sea. And they dumped them off Dorset. Now, remember at this stage, the police don't know that the family had been murdered. They only know that they're missing. Right. Mm. So they set up a fake rendezvous with – because they've got the three blokes in their sights. They set up right. a fake rendezvous with two of them, yep. but they didn't turn up. But neither did Amajit Chohan. So they now are thinking, okay, something's wrong. Where is he? The next day was when – Amajit's body was found floating by the Got canoeist. You. Okay. Uh, We're back at the start. Yes. And a note was found with that body. Guess what happened? Well, this is what the police think happened. And the, the note pointed out uh, William Hornsey, one of the three guys, as mm. his killer. They think that while Amajit was being held captive that he managed to somehow write the letter. Obviously, they were oh. giving him a pen and paper and whatever to write all those letters. He'd scribbled a note on a bit of paper and hid it in his sock. So when they dumped the body in the sea, the note was still down in his sock. Ha, 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 you stupid robbers. So many things go wrong in this. What did it say? Well, it said that William Hornsey was one of the guys who was holding him and torturing him. Oh, Mm. smart. So the detectives spoke to Belinda Bruin. They spoke to Regan. They spoke to Hornsey. They, uh, all three of them realised, the cops didn't charge them or hold them at that stage. The three of them realised the game is up. So they (laughs) fled by ferry. To no, we've been through this. Anyone who's fleeing, do not get on a vessel, a, a boat, a canoe, a dinghy. <laughs> I'm going to make a fast getaway. It sounded like a train, didn't Why it? Why do they do this? I don't know. They went to Spain. Uh, Rees also went on the run. He hit out with a friend in Gloucestershire. Again, don't go and hide with a friend. The first thing they're going to do <sighs> is find out who your associates are. Uh, meanwhile, the police begin digging up the field in Devon. Bodies are gone, but Mm. they found some DNA belonging to the Chohan family and some other incriminating items. God knows what, but by the way, the whole thing's going. Shovels around the freshly dug up ditch. I'm going to guess, you know, it's everything. It's their rates notices. It's It's everything. It's their credit cards. The receipt for hiring the van. 
And for buying the boat. So it wasn't very long. Rees was arrested in a pub in Colfit. Again, don't just go don't and hang sit and get pubs. drunk. Don't hang at pubs? No. Within days, uh, that uh, second body was found. Uh, this was Nancy Trohan. Yeah. Uh, Regan was on the run in Spain at that point. He'd run out of money mm. and was arrested at a campsite in Belgium. Um, Hornsey <laughs> just oh, got no. fed up with life on the run. Basically, he just gave up. Yeah, so that would happen. He gave You'd up. You'd get sick of it. Mm. And you go, I can't. Just, I've got no money. I'm tired. Yeah, um, okay. Just come, I I'm coming out now. with my hands up. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to go home now. So that was just before the third body was washed Forrest up. Gump and of course, reference, the th- sorry. <laughs> what was it? It's a Forrest Gump reference. What did he say? When he's running and then all of a sudden he just stops and there's all these people that have been following him because they think he's some sort of messiah for running. And he just stops and he goes, I'm pretty tired. Thank God, go home now. I'd forgotten that line. The only mm. thing I can remember is when it's he keeps... It's the funniest movie ever. It's so funny. Oh, it's so cute. When he yeah. keeps referring to his bum as my butt talks, butt talks. Yeah. Um, let me see. Where am I up to? Okay, third body washed up. We know who that is. It's the mother-in-law. On the 8th of November 2004, Regan, Hornsey and Rees all went on trial at the Old Bailey. They Mm -hmm. all denied murder and false imprisonment. Again, you idiots. Another... Making it so much worse. Oh, the lawyer tried to paint them as, you know, these poor things. He said they would have been desperate beyond belief to slaughter an entire family for the sake of a business or stupid beyond belief. I would insert mm. in there, Mr. Lawyer. Uh, eight months later, Regan and Hornsey were convicted of the murders. Rees was convicted of Mr. Chohan's murder. That's Amajit. Um, but he was cleared of the other four murder charges. Now, the sad thing is... That the two little boys, so Ravinder was only two months old Aww. and Devinder was only 18 months old and their little bodies have never been found. Mm. Isn't that sad? That is sad. The, one of the lead cops on it, Detective Chief Inspector Dave Little, said it was a crime utterly beyond the comprehension of decent society. A young family, a new family, was entirely wiped out at the hands of these murderous men in an attempt to line their old own pockets. He didn't go in to call them stupid idiots like we did. Uh, the murder trial cost more than £10 million and it's thought to be one of the longest in the history of the Metropolitan Police and the Old Bailey. Aren't they awful? It's awful. Horrible. You've got to have a lot of evil in you to walk into a house and kill an entire family. Yeah. That's pretty horrific. I wonder whether they intended to ki- whether they thought that they could do it without killing them. No, they wouldn't know. Why kill the kids? They had to, yeah. like I know you can't justify killing any of them, but why kill the kids? Yeah, they could have left them alive, couldn't they? They could have just left them in the house and let someone find them. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that killing the two women was okay. No, but they but, could identify them, whereas the children yeah. wouldn't be able to give why? any evidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why kill the like, kids? That's what I mean. You have to be a special piece of shit. Yeah, which they were. Mm. Mm. Rotten hell, pieces of shit. And rightly so. Hmm. Hmm. It's awful because my story's about child killing too. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Ooh, depressing. Apologies. Oh, really. So depressing I know. But I want to talk about um, Nikki Francis Koslovich. Oh. Ringing any bells? No. Okay. So this is a story that happened. It actually it happened in Mildura in Victoria. Hmm. And I reported on this story when it first broke. I was a crime reporter then. So Nikki Francis Kozlovich was two years old 
and she was reported missing in August 2015. Emergency services. 797194. Thank you. Hello. Where do you need the police? Um, my daughter just walked out in front of my house, 11 on court mirror. I'll bring up the location. One moment. She's only two. Just there for me. I need to bring up the location. 11 Orem Court in Mildura, Victoria, near Lily Drive. How long ago did yep. she walk out? We don't know when we were in the room. She was sent to bed for an afternoon nap. So I don't know when she walked out. She must have left at old home. How long ago did you last see her? Hello? Um, when I put them... Uh, How long ago I was put it? her down at 11 o'clock for a sleep because she had an early lunch. She was up yep. before this morning. So... Yeah, she's trying to get her to have a longer sleep this afternoon and I just went and got my kids from school because I'm a single mum, you know. Yep. Got to get the older one first. Yep. Right, and then so, go look. <laughs> so was she last sighted at 11? Yeah, when I put her yep. to bed. Okay, one moment. As far as I knew, she went to sleep and I went and just checked on her before I had to get the kids from school, so. Okay, one moment. Can just your name, please? Peter and Francis. Okay, does she have any physical or mental health problems? No, she's perfectly fine to year old. And yeah. could I have a description of her, please? Um, blonde hair, blue eyes, curly hair. Um, she... Do you know what she's wearing? Black long sleeve shirt with a pattern on the front. Um, blue and white striped pants with pink love hearts on the knees. And she was wearing socks. I can't remember what colour. When I put it bed, I didn't even check to see she put shoes on. Okay, one minute. Right, police have been advised 11 Orem Court in Mildura. They'll be there as soon as possible. Someone will need to stay there to see them to do the report. Otherwise, continue yep. to have people to look for her if possible. They'll be there as yep. soon as possible, okay? Yep. They'll be there as soon as they can. Thank you. Bye. Cool, thank you. Bye. And we get a lot of missing children's reports but um when this i'm trying to think how i word this when she was reported missing to it is yes Mm. and two hours later we got a notification that a child's body had been found in the roof of a home Mm -hmm. in mildura so i was sent to mildura so straight away get on a plane go to mildura if you're not from Australia, it's I said that in a very Australian way, didn't it? Not from Australia. Australia, Mildura's uh, orange. Don't they grow oranges there? They do, and it's a really hot part of sweltering Victoria. hot. Yeah. Um. So when Nikki went missing, it was literally like the whole of Mildura came out mm. to look for her. So nearly two hundred people from that town were out on the streets looking for her, yelling out her name um, because police had released a photo of her as well. Mm. And that's what kind of caught our attention in the newsroom. We were thinking this is really weird. Um, we had a what we call a stringer, which is a cameraman who's not a full-time cameraman, but we have stringers. They're called all around the state so that if something happens in a certain area mm. and we obviously can't drive there in time, we can call up Bob the stringer and say, hey, mate, I we think there's going – did you? Well, I was when I lived worked down in um, Mornington. Yeah. And the Herald Sun, or the yeah. Sun as it was in those days, needed someone on a court story down there. Yeah. I was their stringer. Yeah. So, yeah. and we'd just say, "Can you go get some vision of this? Can you just shoot what's happening?" And I'll never forget what really caught our attention was we had 
a shot of the mum. Did you just burp? I did. Something happened there. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. We had a shot of the mum, Peter Ann Francis, being brought out of the house by police and she appeared to be laughing. PSB. What's PSB? This is a code a friend and I have always used for a particular kind. It stands for Poor Simple Bastards. Oh, yeah. These people in this story are PSBs. They are. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a bit of that. Well, she's a PSC and I won't say oh, Ooh, I don't we need can to work that out. And so we were alarmed by that vision. Two year olds missing, mm. you're walking out of the house looking like you're laughing. Anyway, so police first believed that uh Nikki had just wandered from her home. Uh they released these images to the public, well, obviously to the media, and we put those pictures out and they were trying to find her. Now, uh, Peter Ann had reported Nikki missing on the Tuesday afternoon, saying that she'd put her down for a nap, but that she went to check on her and her bed was empty. Mm. Nearly two hours later, she was found in the roof. So the body of Nikki, and she's a very, very cute little girl. She's got blonde, curly hair. Mm. She's very sweet, um, was found in the home of the or- at Orham Court. And they believe that uh, the cops had gone through the house, so which is normal to double check she's not anywhere. And mm. just as they were finishing sweeping the house, they noticed some fingerprints on a manhole. So these mm. two police officers who I understand weren't high-ranking officers. Yeah. I could be wrong, but really just Connie's constables. Um pulled a chair up to the manhole and so one of them stands on the chair and the other one's, you know, watching, um, pulled the manhole open and they saw Nikki. You can see this like a scene in a movie, can't you? You're just about to leave, turn around, look, just something catches your eye. Yep. And without, you know, giving away what happened, I watched that police officer give evidence about that moment and I watched the police officer who was below waiting to see what the other officer had seen up there give evidence and they were absolutely shattered because imagine mm. thinking oh we'll just quickly check up there yeah you pull that open you see a two-year-old you then all of a sudden are pulling a two-year-old out of a roof probably thinking she's alive and then you're just spotting for your you know mm. y- your colleague and all of a sudden you're handed the body of a two-year-old mm. awful um, so they believe, and they found this out later, that Nikki may have actually been alive when she was put in the roof. She could oh. have been alive for almost an hour. Um, she'd been beaten. Her injuries included blunt force trauma and significant bruising. Uh, later down the track, it came out that a coroner believed that she had been, you know, injuries consistent with a car accident or falling from a great height. Um... That is when the so Nick uh, Peter Ann sorry lived in that home at Orham Court with her boyfriend John Tawney, mm-hmm. and then we also need to bring another player into this, which is Nikki's actual father, yep. who is Nick Kozlovich. Okay. So Nick Kozlovich came out shortly after the body was found, and he said that he had tried to get the girls because it wasn't just Nikki mm. um, out of their mother's care. Yeah. He had sent a text, uh, I think, to a social worker saying, I need to get the girls out of that house and fast. I must save my girls before it's too late. Please help me. Wow. So uh, we spoke to him in Mildura 
and he was actually preparing to go and identify Nikki's body after it was found. Um, he said, I screamed black and blue that my children were not safe and it took losing my little baby for anyone to take notice. Um, we spoke to him again after he identified her body and mm. this is what he'd said. He said her forehead's all bruised and beaten. She looks like she's gone 12 rounds with an actual boxer. Her chin looks like it has had gravel rash. It is looks like she's been dragged through the place. Her face looks like a rainbow. It's purple, pink and brown. Oh, good grief. So she'd been really savagely beaten. It came out after as well that authorities were making regular visits to the home, um, but they had closed her case uh, just five weeks earlier. That came out in the uh, it was in the newspapers. They reported it first, and there was a big question as to why they had closed the so report. closed it as in no everything's okay here. Yep, nothing more we can do. Gosh. So an official report dated April 16, twenty fifteen. So this all happened in August. This is April. Peter's house household is currently chaotic with closing, clothing, toys and other items often strewn around the house. The children are at times late to school as the morning routine is chaotic. Um, the children had a positive relationship with their mother and their father, the report found also. Um, the statement from the Victorian Department of Health and Human Services, because obviously they were looked at for why they closed this case, and it says Nikki Francis Kozlovich's death is a tragedy and has had a significant impact on the community, including the child protection and agency staff who worked with her. Um, child protection decision-making is complex and judgments are made based on the facts that are known at the time. The decision to close a case is made in consultation with senior staff and is based on the risks to children and the family's engagement with support services. Mm. So um, that court, Orem Court, really stuck in my mind when I arrived there. So it was, I can't remember what day of the week it was, but it was, uh, you know, a, a weekday. Mm. And by the time we arrived, got a car, got out there, it was, say, 11 o'clock where kids should have been at school, people should have been at work. None of that was happening. So kids were not at school. I'm just trying to paint a picture of what that area was like. Kids mm. were not at school. People were not working. They were kind of out in their front yard. There's a lot right. of drinking going on. It's a low socioeconomic area. Yeah, I would area. say that. Yeah. It's a low socioeconomic area. So immediately what we noticed as journos was that this boyfriend, John Tawney, was absent from the house when we got there and didn't want anything to do with us. So mm. uh, they were, you know, they obviously couldn't stay in the house, uh, Peter Ann or John. So they were at another home, but he was angry and we'd come across his mum and she was angry and it was just a very odd situation. Now, it was also said that on the other flip side of this, that John Tawney was quite uh, a big player in getting Nikki ready and bringing some sense to the household. So getting mm. her ready in the morning, bringing some order to the household. So there was that side These of him as well. These are two different things. Yeah. One good influence, one charged with the murder. Yes. So okay. that... Him, you know, Nikki's life improving when he was in the household was a big part of the defence case because he was charged on August 28, 2015. Now, he denied bashing uh, the toddler to death, alleging that the child's mother, Peter Ann, was responsible and he had only helped to hide the body. 
Mm. He said he went into the little girl's room and saw her motionless on the bed with her eyes open. He said he had cuddled her when he found her dead and cried before putting her body in the roof. Um, Hang on. So what, she was just dead in her cot? Yes. In her bed? Yes. Where did all the bruising come from? So they say in a police interview after Tawny was charged with the murder that he said Peter Ann had said, I've gone too far with Nikki. She's not breathing. Now, it came out in that trial that she had injuries to her kidney, her liver, her skull, and had lost one third of her body's blood volume. Um, The prosecution alleged there was a four-hour window during which John Tawney had killed her um, because he was alone with Nikki until about 12.30 when her mother returned. She'd been doing errands. And when I say doing errands, she'd been doing things like going out and I think she'd been to a pawn shop to pawn a laptop or something so mm. that they could get money to, I think they smoked marijuana. I'm confused I guess. who actually killed her. Were you, you're going so, to explain it. Okay. Uh the lawyer for the the barrister for the prosecution said the pair had smoked several cones of cannabis that morning, had sex and fell asleep before Peter Ann woke up at 2.40 and realised her daughter was missing. 2.40 in the afternoon? Or yep. In the, yep. The defence said it was Miss Francis who murdered her daughter, not John Tawney. Um, they say that uh, Miss Francis told Tawny she'd thrown the girl on the bed and asked him to hide the body and go along with the missing person's story. Um, in her closing, uh, Barrister Julie Condon, who was appeared for Tawny, said she's a woman who has spun so many lies, not little lies, but big, bad ones. That's mm. what she told the jury. In November 2016, the Supreme Court jury of eight women and four men delivered its verdict just after two o'clock on Thursday. They'd started deliberating on Tuesday and that uh, verdict came back as not guilty. What? Hang on. So this is her. She was charged. So this is John Tawney. Tawney was charged. Was charged. And found he not guilty. He went through a trial and he was found not guilty. So we don't know why juries reach verdicts, but it could have been that they truly believe he didn't murder her. They may believe that they did it together. They might believe that it was someone else altogether and it wasn't either of them or I don't know. And is that it? That's it. No one has ever been charged again or arrested. What can happen then? Can anything happen? Well, it just depends. I th- I believe they probably need new evidence. But Nikki Francis Kozlovich was two years old. She was found brutally beaten and put in the roof of a home in which her mother and her mother's boyfriend lived and no one has ever been held to account for her okay. murder. I'll predict what'll happen. Dumb fucks, dumb fucks like that forget what they've said and the lies that they've told. It will only be a matter of time before one of them trips up or when they start fighting with each other and mm. someone will tell on the other one. So can any, he can't be, I mean, he They he need can't, new evidence. Right, okay. I think to bring him back before a Are you allowed judge? to say, I don't want to get you in legal trouble, are you allowed to say who you think did it? No, I don't think to. so. Huh. Don't think so. Because he's still, they're all still alive. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Am I legally allowed to call them dumb fucks? <laughs> you you have am. twice. Mm, yeah. Three times now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Leave awful? That in, <laughs> a two-year-old has been murdered and no one is ever held to account. That's ridiculous mm. and wrong. Mm. No justice. No. No. 
Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.